Good morning. I'm recording this on January 4th of 2023. This is a special recording because there's so much important short-term information that I want to get out and there's limited time to do it. So I've asked the producer, Super Don, to do a special recording that I can uh, get out to all of our news media people via Rumble. So I have three things that I want to cover. And the first one is a document that um, was signed into law by the Secretary of Health and Human Services on November 23rd of 2022. So, Don, if you have that up right now, that's great. Um, so it's it's um, the organization is called the Medicare Evidence Development Coverage and Advisory Committee, acronym MedCap. So I want to frame this document in that on October 13th of 2022, which was the one-year anniversary of Grace's murder, the public health emergency was re-upped for 90 days. So that's due to expire coming up here uh, next week. So, you know, will they renew it? One of the purposes of renewing the public health emergency back in October was because the vaccine was not on the childhood vaccination schedule yet. They also wanted to continue the PrEP Act, which provided immunity from liability for the hospitals and continue the bonus payments for the hospitals. So one, one of the three legs of the stool is now taken care of. So will it be re-upped or not? Well, I don't know that it will be, but they have to set in place what a different way. And so this this groundwork was put in place back with Obamacare. So just to give you a little frame of reference, Obamacare was passed into law on March 23rd of 2010. At that time, there was a uproar about death panels. And Senator Jay Rockefeller is the one who proposed the Independent Payment Advisory Board, which was a death panel. Congress fortunately repealed that in 2018. Um, and and what I see happening is that they didn't kill the entire dragon and it's coming with another head. And this other head is what I'm showing you with this document. <clears throat> In the last um, couple of weeks, I've been researching because I, I met a British nurse by the name of Kate Shemarani that has really drilled down euthanasia in the UK. And she said, Scott, this has got to be happening in the United States. Of course, the United States hides things. We are the best country in the world at projecting our sin of being a do-gooder on the rest of the on the rest of the nations when we're we're part of the problem. In fact, we're instigating the problem. And this is really a, an example of that. So this dragon rears its head now on November 23rd. And you know, obviously this is Thanksgiving week. So they, they get this passed under the radar screen. So we've got now what everybody feared with Obamacare, which was death panels, are are now become part of our nation's laws again. I mean, this is insanity what is happening. And it's it's critical that we understand that they have a goal to reduce the population. And the excuse they're using is that the people on Medicare and Medicaid account for 39% of the federal budget. Obviously, the federal budget doesn't matter to them because they print money for every conceivable thing that they want. But they have an agenda to take down the population. They start with the disabled and the elderly the same way they did in Nazi Germany. And this death panel document, I'm just gonna read specifically what it, what it calls for. It says that this organization is charged with deciding which medical items and services are reasonable and necessary 
or otherwise covered for Medicare beneficiaries under Title 18 of the Social Security Act. So you might think when you hear that, this doesn't apply to me because I'm not on Social Security. Well, the reality is it does apply to you because if you're not familiar with the fact that the CMS sets the standard of care for all conventional medicine in the United States, whether it's public insurance or private insurance, that's the way it is. So this organization is now empowered to set up the death panels that we all feared with Obamacare back in 2010. So it's it's back and this document is the smoking gun. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. The second thing isn't the document, but Don, you can still leave this document up because what they're doing in order to Remember, I think the public health emergency, in my opinion, is not going to be re-upped. So they have to keep this agenda going. So now they have the legal piece of it done with this charter. But then what they're doing with, you know, we know that they've they've bought off the news agency. So just in it over the the last couple of weeks of December, we've got this this unbelievable news. So this is from NBC News, December 27th. This is from Chief Medical Officer Dr. Jaina. Kumar of Denver Swedish Medical Center. This is what this is what he says. We've seen such an evolution, not just in the virus itself, but in the way we think of COVID-19 as an illness and the way we treat it, the way we diagnose it and how we look forward to the new year, Kumar said. Now we have rapid sequencing of viral genomes. So any virus you see, you sequence it, duplicate, and make a treatment or vaccine against it. That is huge. This is a complete lie. But this is what the majority of America is is hearing. This is from Fox News. So you think, you know, well, Fox is better than NBC. They're all in on it, people. So this is Fox News dated December 11th. Clear messages about what the vaccine can do and what it can't are needed, said Kate Smith Sloan, president of Leading Age, which represents nonprofit nursing homes. Breakthrough infections do not mean the vaccine has failed, she said, but that false perception has been hard to fight. We need to change our messaging to be accurate about what it does, what it what is that it prevents serious illness and hospitalization and death, Sloan said. This virus is insidious and it just keeps popping up everywhere. We need to be real about that. So she says that we need to make sure the messaging that the vaccine prevents serious illness, hospitalization and death, we need to get that messaging out. That's another complete lie. I mean, we know this. Anybody who's been paying attention, but of course, of course, the only way you can pay attention is with the alternative media. And if you've been paying attention, you know, these are absolute complete lies, but they've got to keep this going because the public health emergency will eventually end and it doesn't stop their agenda. Okay, Don, I want to go to the second document, which is the state DNR response. So this document, so everybody that's been following Grace's case knows that Grace was killed by a sequence of meds you should never give anybody because they cause death. And then the doctor put an illegal DNR on Grace eight minutes after they nearly maxed out a sedation med on her last day that they were only supposed to use for 24 hours, but she's already on it for four and a half days. So in order to accomplish their goal, they had to put an illegal DNR on Grace. Well, this has been drilled down 
multiple times. I, I sent a complaint in on December 2nd, 2021. They sent a response back. And when I say they, that's the Department of Safety and Professional Services. This is the organization in Wisconsin that regulates doctors to protect the public. So they're not protecting the public. That's You'll see that here in, in a moment. So on January 20th, they finished their sham investigation. They wrote me a letter and said the doctor did no wrong. Well, there was an investigative reporter who flew to Appleton in August to interview me about illegal DNRs. He's doing a documentary that's coming out next week. Anyway, he kept putting pressure on the Department of Safety and Professional Services. They ended up getting him a letter written by the doctor's attorney in response to my complaint. The letter was dated January 3rd. It's seven pages long. It has over 50 lies in it. He got that to me. So you'd think if you're going to do an investigation, you have the complaint, which I wrote. Now you have the doctor response through his attorney. You'd think you'd get a hold of me so that I can comment about the seven-page letter. No, no, they closed the investigation. This guy, this reporter keeps poking around. He asked, does the state have anything related to DNRs that's different with COVID versus pre-COVID? They say, no, nothing's different. We never changed the DNR law. So he keeps poking around. On December 5th, he gets this, this email, which he sent to me. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The, the thing I want to highlight, I'll read, it's, on, it's in the fourth paragraph. It's underlined. They underlined it in their own letter to him. It says, Chapter 154, which is the Wisconsin State DNR statute, does not apply to physicians operating in hospital, non-emergency room settings, such as the one in question. So they're saying that because Grace was in a hospital, the state DNR law doesn't apply. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The doctors now are allowed to put DNRs on people without their permission. Uh, so, you know, this obviously is, is not correct. I mean, you can't go above the law just because the state agency says so, but you can get a perspective of what is going on to implement the agenda. Okay, so then I want to switch gears completely to what can you do, because that is really where I see my focus now. And this last document is a medical directives document. And this came about because we were, when I say we, my wife and I were involved with a medical rescue on December 5th. We ended up saving a man who is disabled out of a hospital in Green Bay. And I mean, it's it's a miracle that it happened. I mean, this was, it was such a severe case. He's disabled. He's 44 years old, very sharp guy. Uh, he only weighs 40 pounds because of his dis disability. They'd already given him three doses of remdesivir. Um, I have met so many neat people in this, this fight that I was able to call on. Um, and they walked me through how to save this man. And he is alive because of those people that I met. He's really alive because Grace died. Anyway, one of the, the key situations was uh, Dr. Bartlett's sister, Laura. I was talking with her while I was driving to the hospital that morning to rescue him. She said, you got to get this document. That's the document Don has up on the screen right now. And this is a medical directives document. And this is critical that you have this before you go into a hospital. I mean, we didn't have it then. I mean, we used it after the fact, but you really want to have this done ahead of time because you'll see there's a spot on it that needs to be notarized. So obviously in the hospital setting, we couldn't notarize it. So we did the best that we could. Uh, 
So this is, is critical to have in your arsenal of paperwork. The reason is, is because they are going to do their best to implement that the protocols that the government has said they have to implement. And the reason is, is because that's how they get paid. So remember I mentioned Kate earlier. Kate has proven that in the UK, the government pays hospitals to euthanize people. They, the hospitals have to use, euthanize 2,000 people a day to break even. This is the same thing happening in the United States. We're just not calling it euthanasia yet. The hospitals are being paid to use remdesivir and ventilators and lots of other things. So they have to first get a COVID diagnosis. So how this is going to shake out after the public health emergency expires um, is anybody's business, but it will shake out. The, the what's happening in the UK is already happening in the US, it's just hidden. So you have to be prepared. No document in the world is going to prepare you, but this document is something you should have prepared so that you know what you want relative to your care and it's communicated very specifically to everybody on the hospital staff if you end up checking in a hospital. So you'll see on the document says, I do not consent to the use of remdesivir under any circumstances. I do not consent to receiving any vaccine or booster for COVID-19. I do not consent to receiving the seasonal vac flu vaccine, et cetera. So I wanna add a few things to that because there's, there's many, many more things. So you see there's a spot where it says, I also do not consent to and fill in the blank. And I wanna just talk through a few of these things. In the case of the man that we rescued on November 5th, even after we gave this form, I mean, you can't, again, I, I like seeing this, this, this phrase, you can't make this up because it is it fits the crime. We gave the doctor this form and about 45 minutes afterward, they came into his room to give him the flu COVID vaccine. It almost killed him already. Now they want to give him the, the flu COVID vaccine after we gave him the form. So the form can't protect you, but the form shares what your wishes are. And then you have the form to stand on, but you still have to be there advocating. So a few things I'd encourage you to add to the form. Um, obviously, people are getting wise to remdesivir, so they now have another name called Vecluri, so that should be added. Obviously, no ventilator, no DNR, that's critical. No family or friends forced to sign a DNR for visitation. We've heard hundreds of cases like that. Um, when I say no DNR, they're, they're having people sign their own DNR orders as part of a condition of entering the hospital. Of course, that's illegal. They don't care about the law. Uh, no sedatives, uh, no benzide, benzodiazepines, no opiates, no anesthetics, no paralytics, uh, no restraints, no IV fluid greater than one milliliter per kilogram per hour. You get the idea. You really have to lay this out. Uh, I'm working with the ladies right now to get this form revised to have it be more inclusive, but because it's not revised yet, I at least wanted to go through through that list. Another one that's that's coming up, of course, we've we've heard about Paxlovid, which is a derivative of remdesivir, and the newest one just came out. Um, this was just in the news on the 28th of December. I want to just share this. It's called VV116. It's, it says VV116 is similar to the antiviral remdesivir, which the Food and Drug Administration has approved as an IV infusion. I mean, again, 
what is what is happening here, folks, is unbelievable. You know, we know that the the entire FDA is corrupt. They're an arm of a corrupt government. So because they've approved remdesivir, which is known to kill, now we should believe them be, and then accept this VV116, which is a, a supposedly a better version of Paxlovid. Oh. Anyway, that's what I have to say today. I will end with telling you that uh, there's two mistakes that you can make. Number one is failure to prepare, and that's why I'm sharing. I want you to prepare. But more importantly, the second mistake you can make is relying on your preparations. You rely on the finished work of Jesus Christ because there's no preparation that can can uh, take the place of God protecting us. So thank you for listening. I hope everybody has a great day.